the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm your host for the day, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies. Sean is using his favorite verb, gallivanting, somewhere in the Mexican Riviera. But I am joined by the current managing editor of Miles to Memories, Mark Osterman. Now, what you don't know, dear listener, is that Mark and I had a bet because the Lions and Jets played yesterday. And if I won... Mark was going to have to stay at Miles and Memories for 2023. <laughs> but luckily for Mark, the Jets suck. Okay? The Lions suck too, but not as bad as the Jets. No, the, the Lions, Lions are won. the hottest team in the NFL. Thank you very much. <laughs> the Lions, you, you lost last week. The Lions won. So congratulations, Mark. You are free to go. This is your penultimate episode with the podcast. And I'm very sad and still in denial. But uh, yeah. Lions and Jets played. I mean, what a fitting way to kind of end our run together by uh, having a suck off between our two teams. Yeah, after the Lions gave up the lead and like pretty much choked the entire second half, I was like, oh, back to the same old Lions. You know, I think they've won like six out of seven or five out of six, something like that. And they're like, we're not the same old Lions. Watched them on Thanksgiving. They they did the same old Lions and lost that game. You know, that's kind of a a yearly tradition is watching the Lions lose on national TV, but. Uh, you know, they, they pulled it out last minute, you know, fourth and one and he drops back and or fourth and inches. He drops back and I'm like, oh, man, this is so dumb. And then the guy rolls off like 60 yard touchdown. <laughs> OK, dude. All right. Here's the here's like here's a peek into the life of Joe Chung. OK, I'm, I have a slack that is just four guys like my college buddies. It's just the four of us and three of us are Jets fans. So on Sundays in our sports channel, it's just all Jets talk. Right. And so I was talking to them and, you know, the fourth and inches that you're talking about, Mark, happened after the two-minute warning. So, you know, the two-minute warning happened. It was like fourth down or whatever or something like that. There was a timeout or something. Okay? I went to the bathroom, and I thought to myself, I should really message the guys. They're going to sell out for the run and give up a huge play right here. Did not do that because I had to go to the bathroom, but I would have looked like Nostradamus. That's exactly what the Jets did. You think same old Lions, same old Jets is even worse. So... You know, yeah, I didn't realize the Jets had the worst uh, or the longest streak of not making the playoffs. So I feel for you there a bit. That's <sighs> okay. I honestly, if it was like any other team, I was at least like a little bit happy. And if you the, weren't the, leaving, no, the, if you weren't the, leaving, I probably would be pissed too. But you know, <laughs> the real question is, where, what did the coin flip pick for that game? Did the coin pick? Oh no, the coin flip. Okay, yeah, we mentioned this the other day. Like this coin flip was like predicting all these Jets you know, the Jets record, um, but the coin flip, the streak broke when the Jets beat the Bears, but they were supposed to lose to the Bears and then win out the rest of the way. And ever since the Jets, uh, you know, it's the curse of the coin flip, man. Ever since they went against the coin flip, they've been on a three-game losing streak. So should have should have trusted the it. coin. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we have limited time, and Mark has a great slash very eventful trip to talk about. Uh, you know, we started this podcast talking about soy sauce rice on Cathay Pacific. So, you know, here towards the end of the Mark Osterman run on the Miles Memories podcast, we want to do one last trip report. Now, I'll set the stage a little bit since you're going to be doing a lot of the talking. You've probably heard like on previous episodes, but he and his wife were going to celebrate her birthday, right? Yeah, her 40th. Yes. So I didn't. I don't know if I was supposed out to say there, that but, or not, but it's out yeah. there. It's out there. It's. I think you've said it before. So they were going to celebrate Kirsten's 40th, and a couple things happened. He wanted to really go see the Christmas markets in Germany. Well, she but did, originally, 
Yeah. She did. Yes. Well, oh, that's right. It's her birthday, isn't it? <laughs> Good point. I did. Point. I did. They were high on my list too because we had not been. So for yes. so it worked. So out. Uh, originally they were gonna take a connecting flight, Aer Lingus, I think it is, but then switched to United Polaris uh, last minute, which was direct. And then from social media, seems like they had a great trip. Uh, Germany seems awesome. The Christmas markets seem amazing until the very end when uh, things went a little bit sideways. But we'll save that for the end. You know, classic travel mishap story um, that we could talk about how Mark handled that. But yeah, let's, uh, you know, I have this big list of stuff you want to talk about, but we only have 50 minutes. So let's talk about what you want to talk about. What do you want to start with? Do you want to talk about yeah, we, let's just, rebooking let's on just... United? Yeah, let's just go through the whole thing. Um, okay, so so you were on Aer Lingus. What did you originally book that with? That was with United? Yeah, I booked it with United Miles. It was 85K, and that was with a connection in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, you know, in economy to D.C., then business class over to uh, Dublin, and then economy from Dublin to Rome. And oh, that was I a looked- double connection? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that by switching this, we got rid of one of the connections. And then also I looked at the Aer Lingus business class. Last time we flew it, we flew out of Boston and it was a one, two, one across. And this was a one or was a two, one, two, like down the road. There was only two, uh, two rows or two, like one aisle. We're talking zone defenses in college basketball. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's like uh, it was a a matchup zone. It was a matchup zone. (laughs) I think I think it's British Airways has the same setup at some of their planes. Like the throne seat is the single, and then it's two seats right next to each other in front of that and behind it. And it just it didn't look like the greatest uh, situation. So uh, Polaris popped up connecting through your favorite Newark, and it was 115k a person, so an extra 30k a person. And uh, you know I looked at it, I was like, man, that's a lot. 115k is not a great deal, but we were booking all this like two weeks out, and I said 60,000 more points, whatever. Let's do it. You know, I haven't flown Polaris. We'll go to the Polaris Lounge. Check that out. And it's just we're getting rid of one of the connections. And then we're in live flat for, you know, an extra couple hours. So we should land more rested because we're basically getting on a plane or train every single day on this trip, which is you're going to need your bleep for this this one, uh, this podcast episode, because we're letting all the shit out. It was nuts. So I if I can get rid of Dang, one of the connections. <laughs> If I can get rid of one of the connections, it was worth it, and uh, that's what we did. Have you been to the Polaris Lounge in Newark in your hometown? I have not. Does it have uh, porta potties? Like how nice? Is it? <laughs> no, I was looking for the porta potties, but I could not find them. Uh, it's actually it's really nice. Polaris Lounge, very big, nice layout. We got there pretty early in the morning, like ten thirty, eleven, and uh, walked in, and the lounge was empty, and it's it's got like varied seating everywhere, and it has a thing called Polaris or the dining room or whatever, where it's like a sit down restaurant. And um, I was kind of excited for that. The menu was very limited, though. Uh, They had a good buffet out in the main lounge, a bar area, showers that you could go use, like a a private bathroom with a shower. They had a even like a napping room or a quiet room with these like chair lounge chairs. But they were so hard. My wife went and took a nap and they were so hard that everybody was laying their heads where the feet go because they wouldn't recline or anything. And you were almost like sitting up. So the only way to lay down was with like your feet at the bottom and then your legs like going up. It was, she said it was so weird, but that's what everybody that doesn't doing. seem ideal. No. Why would you have that and not have them be like movable? It was like 
a rock lounge chair or something. It was bizarre. They had like a, the sound machines in there, like waterfall sounds and all that stuff. But I don't know why they would make it so uncomfortable if it's supposed to be like kind of like a little nap area. Wait, so how long were you at the lounge? Like you said, you got there in the morning. Didn't you take a red eye? So were you were there for like a, a while? Yeah, we we're there for like four or five hours. We flew out at the on the 6 p.m. flight or 5.55, something like that. So by the time, you know, after lunch, we went into the dining room. It had lunch. We were like one of five people in the dining room. It wasn't anywhere close to like JFK uh, Americans first dining, which we, you know, which I did before I threw a, a flu cafe. So that lounge was way better. This was still pretty nice, especially for a business lounge. So we ate all that. And then it started getting full where all the seats were taken by the time we left. And the, the lounge attendant said, you know, from like three, four o'clock until seven o'clock, it's usually pretty packed. People were watching uh, the World Cup and cheering in the bar and stuff. So it does get full. I didn't think it would fill up because it's so big, but I guess they have enough uh, Polaris flights out of there on a daily basis that it does get pretty full. So the lounge seems pretty nice. So how was the uh, flight itself? Was it worth? Well, I don't really care about whether you think it was worth the miles or not. Like, did you enjoy the product? <laughs> I, I I mean yeah. that because I I believe that you should just use them. So you know, and, and yeah. to me, and and then after you use them, it doesn't even matter. So I'm just wondering, like, whether you enjoyed the flight. Yeah, the time savings alone, you know, was worth it, and just being in business class for a longer period of time help was helpful. I will say, you know, a lot of people love Polaris. I will say the product was pretty good. And and a good tip uh, that Derek uh, shared with me and my buddy was go to the uh, uh, the odd rows when you're picking seats because the even rows are like out on the aisle. So your seat is like right next to the aisle. So you're getting people walking by and maybe bumping you and stuff. They're angled out and then all the space is in the middle. Now, if you're flying by yourself, you might prefer that because you have a little bit more distance from the person next to you if you're not on the the one uh, person row, if you're stuck in the middle. But uh, otherwise, you know, we picked, a, I think we we're in row 11. We were pushed towards the middle. So we had a lot of space from us from the aisle. You felt like you're in like a little cubby cove, uh, which was nice. And I'll try to do up a review on it at some point. And there was a ton of storage, a big seat. It wasn't the most comfortable seat. It was a little bit hard. Uh, so there was that. The food was pretty much what you get in domestic first class. Wasn't anything great. The flight attendants were were pretty amazing. Uh, they were very nice. Brought all the stuff we needed, and and were on top of it, and very pleasant, which is surprising out of United. But that was good to see. And the amenity kit was like a little suitcase and a way suitcase uh, filled with stuff. So that was a nice little touch. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Not my favorite seat, but uh, you know the, the the space you get out of it. And then compared to our flight home, it was like luxurious compared <laughs> compared to the business class we flew home, but. We'll get into that later. Awesome. So did your like um, overall, like your plan was to arrive more rested. Did that work? I mean, where did you guys land and then what happened there? Yeah, so we got to Rome and uh, we were pretty rested. I think we each got like three, four hours of sleep and, you know, we left at 5 p.m. So we ate dinner, watched like a little bit of like a movie, laid down at like 8.30 p.m. Eastern time and then slept for a little bit, got up for breakfast. And then landed. So we felt pretty good. Uh, I didn't do much research uh, for the realm and the layout and everything. Uh, you know, we're just kind of winging it. And this was all last minute. So whenever I do a long flight, usually I'll just grab Uber to make it simpler and then worry about it when we're leaving. If there's a better option or if I have time 
to research. We'll we'll look into that. So, you know, we were three minutes in country and, you know, everybody always says, go to the ATM at the airport, get your money out. So we do that. I brought a Schwab, my wife Schwab, and luckily her bonus for her newest business platinum. We finished the spend like two days before the trip. And I'm like, hey, maybe the points will hit and I'll transfer it over because I didn't think about it on my Schwab account until it was too late. And uh, I don't have a platinum card anymore. So to transfer money over, it can take like up to five days. So I couldn't do that. So I was like, hey, if this works, we'll use her Schwab card. And it did. They posted, transferred over some money, went to the ATM, did not work. It, it kept giving me an error. So I pulled out my Capital One card, which I've used everywhere. Error, wouldn't work. So I'm getting a little frustrated with this. And uh, we leave that ATM. I said, let's go out outside. Maybe there's a different ATM. You know, once we get out of the terminal, get out of the terminal. Try that ATM. It's all uh, Euro net or something like that. And pretty much every ATM in Rome is this ATM. Schwab does not work on them. I don't know why. Um, so getting frustrated and we try the second ATM and all of a sudden my wife looks down and she goes, where's my, where's my luggage? I'm like, what, what the f- do you mean? Where's your luggage? It's your luggage. Where <laughs> we I'm carried counting, on. Mark. We didn't check. <laughs> I'm counting. <laughs> we didn't check you know, we did carry on. It was with you. So she had gone to the bathroom. So we don't know, like, did you leave in the bathroom or did you did you leave it at the first ATM? Because we were like messing around, pulling stuff out of our, her purse to get different cards and try and stuff. So now we're outside of security. Like we've gone out of security, like ready to get in a, a cab, Uber, whatever. And she doesn't have her luggage. And I'm like, oh, man, this is a way to start a trip. And I have to go buy like a thousand bucks in clothes because all her clothes are in that suitcase. She has her backpack with some sh- but not <laughs> Joe, would you have lost just, it? Just... Would you have lost it at this point on Jess? Oh yeah. I, I told you what I would have, I like, I was just, I can't even, I wouldn't, have, I would have come home alone. That's, that's the bottom line. I wouldn't have come <laughs> yeah. home married anymore. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. I, I, I swallowed it down. I didn't get upset. It is her birthday. Yeah. Gotta, it's like... a birthday trip, but this is like three minutes in country and we're already lost all our stuff. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we can't get back in. So we go through the do not enter and we go talk to somebody and they're like, yeah, you have to go through uh, where like flight attendants go through and get cleared there and they'll do a quick security check on you and then they'll let you in to go look for it. But we had to show our ticket from our last flight and I could not find mine. We come to find out I had stuffed it in my uh, amenity kit, but I couldn't find it. it was in my pockets or anything. So like, sir, you can't go, but she can go. And I'm like, oh man, she gets lost trying to find our car at an airport she's been to 50 times. I don't know when I'm going to see her next. So she went in. I sit down. Enjoy your by yourself. (laughs) I I sit down. I start looking stuff up on the computer, like trying to figure out, you know, what what we're going to do next, because I doubt she's going to find it. After like 20 minutes, she rolls out with it. She had left it by the first ATM that we went to and 20 minutes had gone by and it just sat there in this hallway right by the ATM and nobody touched it somehow. Uh, I don't know. Rome people are no very one saw trusting. something or said anything, huh? <laughs> yeah, you think like if it was America, people probably would have been like, "Hey, there's a bomb in that thing. Somebody left the suitcase. Go get it." But she comes rolling out. I was like, "Okay, cool." So we do the Uber. It's sixty uh, euro, and come to find out, the train is so easy. We did the train on the way back. It's like fourteen euro a person, and it there, the main station was like three blocks from our hotel, so it was pretty dumb. And I figured Uber would be easier. I'm already frazzled from all this. I don't want to mess with trying to figure out where to take the train to and all that stuff. But the, to find the Uber was just a pain in the ass. It was like underneath the train station. It was raining out. We were like the one of only two people that used it. And nobody could find it. There was no signs. So we ended up getting there, get to the hotel. 
we check in, they, they get us in early, which was nice. We got to the hotel probably like 10 a.m. And it's the Hilton Doubletree Monty, something like that. A little bit outside of like the heart of Rome where all the stuff is, but within walking distance, everything, I think it was like 50,000 points. So pretty good redemption. And we got a top floor with a huge, like a wraparound balcony uh, suite. So that was really nice. I mean, it rained the whole day we were there, so couldn't really take advantage of it too much. At night, we went out and had a, a drink, but in the summertime, that would be like primetime spot or even like spring or whatever sit out there and have a drink before you go out or whatever for dinner. Uh, so, you know, the hotel was great. Uh, good redemption. If you have Hilton points, they gave breakfast. Of course, we did not take it because you know how I feel about breakfast. More. We actually slept through breakfast, so that's why we didn't do it. Well, I guess you're all jet lagged and stuff. Yeah. And we had gone to a place uh, called La, La Tavernale, uh, which was a couple blocks from the hotel. Uh, Yvonne, our buddy had uh, told me to go there. He's from Italy and he said that's his favorite place he's found in Rome. So we went there for lunch the first day after we tried to find like 14 more ATMs that wouldn't work uh, because I didn't know if they'd take a card or not. And uh, come to find out, I called on the Schwab and we did it on the phone while he was there. And he's like, oh, yeah, they're trying to pull from like savings or something. He's like, I see them try to pull the money out, but they go to the wrong account. So you need to find a new one that says you can pull out uh, from your checking, like you pick checking account. I'm like, well. This is the only ATM we've seen. We couldn't, we walked around for, you know, like five miles throughout the day and we saw one bank that was a non Euro net ATM or whatever. So I called him my Capital One card and dumped me. Uh, I guess I had replaced it at some point, even though there was still like three years left on the card. They had sent me a new one and I, you know, activated or whatever and didn't realize that I had two of these. So I brought the old one that was not active anymore. So we couldn't use that. Luckily, she still had her Capital One card in there, but she had forgotten her pin because she hadn't used it in like three, four years. So, so we had to reset it online and and then we could get money out. So we were good. But the next day we went back to that same place to have lunch. So it was good that we were hungry and slept through breakfast because we ordered a whole bunch of stuff and it was amazing. That's awesome. So do you feel like not planning Rome worked out okay? You guys found stuff to do? Did you do all the touristy stuff? I've done most of Rome in like one day. But, uh, you know, maybe you're taking it easy. Yeah, no, we did not take anything easy. Um, so, yeah, we hit like uh, the fountain, uh, all that stuff. Just Vatican like everyone City. wants their birthday to be super <laughs> yeah, stressful. I, and as I warned her, I was AF. like, you sure, you sure you want to do this? She hates hopping hotels and we're doing it every single day. But she still said it was her favorite trip ever. So it worked out good. The one thing we did. Play, yeah. I, I mean, husband of the year, right? I guess. No, I don't know. But uh, the one thing we did Her plan for of the year, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, we don't live in Utah, hopefully you so we're beat okay. Up the other cont- <laughs> you hopefully you beat up the other contenders. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Mark, for offending all the listeners from Utah before. My apologies, Mormons. Head on out um, of here. <laughs> so we, uh, the one thing I did plan for was we did the Coliseum Night Tour. It was, I think, around eighty dollars a person, and this was th- this was really cool. We went at 8 p.m. It went, uh, you could do 6, 7, or 8 p.m. And in the summer, it goes late. It starts later and goes later. So it's actually nighttime. I think it goes up till 10 p.m. in the summer when it gets dark later. But the nice thing about this was you went in with a group of like 25 to 30 people. And they basically let a group in like every five minutes. So you go through the tour and you don't see anybody else, really. You're kind of on your own. You have a tour guide with a earpiece that tells you everything that's going on. You walk through the bottom part where the gladiators actually were, 
where they kept all the tigers and lions and stuff like that. All the animals, you see the trap doors, they show you like how they worked and stuff. And then you get to go up to the top and see the arena floor, stand on the arena floor, all while there's nobody really around. It's all lit up dark and it's really, really cool experience. I definitely would do it. There seems to be like five or six different companies that offer this. And I don't think it really matters which one you go with because the person that we that did the tour, I think, works for the Coliseum. So they just bring you in. It wasn't like a part of the tour company. At least they weren't outside with us. The one unique thing ours did was they gave you a VR headset before we went in so you could see what the Coliseum probably looked like back in the day before, you know, they stole all the the stone from it to build other things and stuff. So that was kind of the unique thing. Other people give you like a history outside of it. So, you know, pick what you want, but they varied from like $80 up to like $110, depending on which one you went. And I just picked the cheapest one. It was rated well. So it worked out pretty good. Now, did it you do Coliseum during the at night? Oh, yeah. I did hold on. Let me ask you. Let me, must... let me throw it to you. Hold on. All right. Um, so did you do Coliseum? Did you do it during the day when you were there or? Yeah, we did during the day. I mean, we were only there for like less than 24 hours. This was like on our honeymoon. This is how you um, do Rome in less than 24 hours, right, Joe? That's the way. Yeah, that this is the way. But uh, it must have been beautiful at night. Yeah, it really was. And and it had rained all day and it stopped a couple hours before we went in. So that was nice. It was, it, you know, it was like 60 during the day. I will say like December is pretty much rain every day. It's still 60. November is probably the best time I would think to go to Rome where it's not too hot, not too crowded and not too wet. Uh, the next morning it was sunny, so that was nice. We got like a, uh, we didn't fly out till eight p.m. that night, so we got uh, a full day. But no, Coliseum at night was was pretty stunning. It was it was probably the coolest, unique thing we did on the whole trip. So after Rome, you were then headed where? You were going to v- Vienna, Austria, Germany for yes. the Christmas too. mark. Yeah, so we messed this up. I picked, uh, you know, we book in late, so there was no, there's only three nonstop flights. One is Wizz Air, one is Ryanair, the other one is Austrian or Austria Airlines. And uh, I could have booked that with United Miles for like only, 8K. Yeah, only one of those is like a real yeah. airline. Yeah, so I could have booked it for 8K miles or 6K, one of those two, in like 30 bucks. But of course, they didn't have any saver space. So what I should have done, and Yvonne made fun of me uh, this later, I should have done the overnight train. You leave at 8 p.m. and you get in at 8 a.m. and you get a sleeper car. If I would have had time, I probably would have gone that route. That's That would be a really cool thing to do. But I went with Ryanair, paid for the whole works, 100 bucks a person. And uh, Ryanair is as trashy as they say. It really is. Like, it's just the, the – and Europe as a whole, the boarding process, and I think this has changed since COVID – with all the lost baggage baggage and everything that's happened over there, people are just like cramming up there, even though there's, they don't need to be up there trying to get on to get their bags, uh, uh, you know, carried on. They don't want to lose it. Cause last time I was in Europe in uh, 2019, I don't remember it being this bad, but Ryanair has a priority line and then a non-priority line and that's it. And everybody just gets in a group and stands there for like 40 minutes until they actually open the gates and they had delayed our flight, and we're supposed to go out of this one gate. We walk up, and it says Brussels. So I'm like, what the hell? So I go walk over to the board, and it says delayed. Okay. Go back there. says Vienna. And then when we go to get ready to fly, it says Brussels again. I'm like, what the hell? So they switched it to another gate without announcing it, telling anybody. So there's And they're right next to each other. So there's like 400 people just crammed in this small area, and nobody knows which flight's going where, and nobody's announcing anything. They don't say anything. 
We stand there for like an hour. They finally open it up and we go through the jet bridge and then we get stuck in the jet bridge for like 30 minutes. No announcement. Nobody knows what's happened. Well, come to find out we're waiting for a bus and a bus comes up after 30 minutes and they like shove people into the bus because they don't want to bring a second one. So we're all crammed super tight and we, we get dri- driven out like 10 minutes down the airport uh, to uh, where we're boarding outside. It was just such a cluster. So we ended up getting out like two and a half hours late. That sucks. Uh, Ryan Air, like, how would you compare it to Frontier or Spirit or whatever the all the airlines in the, low cost the United here. States that I've never tried? Yeah, <laughs> I'd say. I mean, it's about the same as far as the product. Like the seats are are thinner, not a lot ton of padding. The flight was actually fine. Like once we were on it, flight attendants. The flight attendant stood next to me like almost the entire flight and talked to somebody and just kept like you know how you got like a nervous tick and you like push on something or hit something and he kept doing it to my seat the whole time while i was trying to sleep so that was annoying but overall it was fine it was just the boarding process and the lack of communication was was horrible and i would say you know spirits boarding process has always been pretty good and i feel like it's pretty like they have zones this didn't have any zones it's just everybody clustered in and it it was just a mess like the, the whole airport was kind of a mess in rome but yeah that's my only downfall it come to find out when we flew Lufthansa home, it was the same type of junk. So I think it's just a thing in Europe these days that you just have to deal with it. Wow. I'm beeping you out and you had to go with junk. I mean, I appreciate that. Less work <laughs> for me. Now let's talk about Vienna. And um, I really enjoyed Vienna as a city when we visited. I mean, it was like really walkable, but then they had that. I can't remember what that it's like a tram or something that goes in like a circle around the outside of the city. That was, it was just, I just remember it was really convenient to get around. Um, and so, you know, what, what happened there and how's the cheese? Oh, I don't know if you know the whole story of the cheese, but it's, it I do not, not know. Well. So oh, okay. you know, let's start, start with, start with <laughs> Vienna and then let's get to the cheese. It's a mini tease. I will say Vienna feels like the most Americanized city almost. I don't know if you got that same feeling like it felt very New Yorkish, like the streets go in like lines and intersect like it's straight lines and it feels way easier to navigate than some of especially coming from Rome where it's an older city. So it's like, oh, it's curves a in Rome. Cobblestone yeah. everywhere. Yeah. 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 The sidewalks almost murder you if it's wet because you're sliding everywhere. But no, like there'd be times where I pull up the map and it would say it would take like. 1.1 kilometers to walk and if we did a car it would be five kilometers in rome because they have to go in like all these loops and it's just kind of a mess where vienna felt very you know it was very clean it was beautiful a lot of high-end shopping uh definitely an underrated city i think uh, for europe a lot of people don't think about it but we really enjoyed it they have a ton of christmas markets just in the city center probably like six or seven and i think we hit five of them I will say one of the cool things about Christmas markets is each one has like a unique mug that you can get. So you can collect these little mugs to get your Glückwein. I don't know if I said it right, but hot wine. Uh, they have hot punch, all kinds of different stuff. Uh, so the main one in the city center or right by their city hall has like this picturesque backdrop building with a clock tower and all that stuff. It's really cool. It's all lit up. They put like lights in all the trees and all these different things. And then there's smaller ones around the city that pop up and they each have their own unique little vibe like one was in front of the church which the main church in the center of vienna did you go into it at all when you were there i don't think so yeah i don't i don't remember that 
It was because we went into a couple churches. We didn't go into uh, Vatican's any churches in Vatican City or anything like that. We went into a couple churches while we were walking around. They were really pretty, like one ceiling all painted up. And then we go to this one in Vienna, and it's like a gothic church with like all this. You know, each column has unique things carved into it and woodwork all over and pictures. So it's more of like that style versus Rome, where it's bright and painted everywhere and and stuff like that. So. I really like the architecture. It was pretty cool inside. All the architecture in Vienna was really nice. And uh, funny enough, uh, a member of the Diamond Lounge had said, hey, if you are if you like apple strudel, this one place at uh, 1 p.m. every day releases fresh, fresh apple strudel until it runs out. It's really good. So I Google in it and it says it's in the main park in Vienna, like their central park type of thing. And there's a restaurant there and in the basement, you can go there. And I'm thinking like there's a little takeout window or something. I don't know, because the restaurant looks like it's pretty nice up above. We walk up to it and everybody's in like suit and ties, like super, super fancy upstairs restaurant. I'm like, well, maybe downstairs is a little bit better, like whatever. We walk in there. Still very nice. Not quite as nice. I'm like, all right, well, we didn't really plan for this. I mean, we were wearing nice enough stuff like I had khakis on and. She had a sweater and all that stuff. So we were okay, but I definitely wouldn't want to sit in the dining room. So I was like, let's just see if we can get it to go. And the guy, uh, he says, you sure? It's like fresh. Why don't you sit down? We have to wait for the next batch to come out. So we get like an espresso and stuff and we're sitting at the bar and nobody else is up there. So when he brings it out, we end up just eating it there because I said, hey, you know, it's fine. We'll sit here. Nobody bothered us. They're all down in the dining area. So we had it. It was like 17 euros. And uh, come to find out, this was the 12th best restaurant in the world. What? (laughs) So my Michelin and stuff. Yeah, two Michelin star, (laughs) 12th ranked 12th best restaurant in the world. Wait, 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 wait. So (laughs) it's not like it just happens to be like it just happens that their strudel is really good, but they're actually like a restaurant, you know. But you just went, you just you just went for the strudel. (laughs) Yeah, we you had, asked for like, her, you asked <laughs> for a doggy bag at a two Michelin star <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. It's called Steer Wreck or whatever Steer Wreck, and uh, my buddy Derek, he's a big foodie, so he travels all around and goes. He to, couldn't like, give Michelin you a star. heads up though. No, well, he's not the one that told me about it. Like this other oh, guy okay. told, and yeah. I, I think uh, I'm like, dude, you didn't tell me it was this. But anyways, I messaged Derek and I was like, hey, this looks like a really nice restaurant upstairs. We had the apple strudel down at the bar. And some espresso, and the espresso was amazing, too. And I said, it looks really fancy. He's like, wait, is that the one that's in the middle of the park? I was like, yeah. And I sent a picture of it. He's like, I ate there for lunch. It's like a two Michelin star restaurant ranked 12th in the world. I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't know that going in because I definitely wouldn't have. <laughs> wouldn't you have might entered. not have gone, right? Yeah, yeah probably, probably would not have gone. Well, and it was really cool. I'm they surpri- were super nice. And I'm it also was- surprised that, like, you were able to sit at the bar and, like, there was no, you know, because sometimes these Michelin star restaurants, like, it's, like, impossible to get into. Like, if you think about, like, New York yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, it was, I mean, we were, at this point, it was uh, Monday. So, it was a Monday. So, there's a lot of business meetings, I think, going on upstairs, like, business lunches. Downstairs, it wasn't completely packed, but it was, uh, I think there was, like, a table or two left out. And I definitely, if we would have sat down and had lunch, it probably would have been, like, a $300 lunch. So, <laughs> We went with the, the two two apple strudels, uh, some espresso. It was like twenty bucks out the door. I'm like, hey, I saved some money there. It was a cool experience. I definitely would check it out if you are into. I don't even like apple strudel. I ate the whole thing. It was really good. So that's you know that was kind of what we did during the day. And then we just 
Christmas market hopped all the whole night and it went from one to the next. Before we talk about those, I just one more thing. You know, you know how you know it's a classy restaurant because they didn't make you feel bad or like you didn't belong or like look at you funny when you're only asking for the strudel. They just, you know, they yeah, just you're asking it to go. And they're like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, they just, they, you know, they they steered you in the right direction, but they didn't, you know, they didn't insult you along the way. So that that's pretty good. Yeah, which in New York they probably would have looked at you like, what what the hell are you doing here? But. No, super nice. Yeah. Everybody in Vienna, everybody in Austria is really nice. It, it was it was such a good time. And like, you know, the next city we talk about was our favorite of the trip. Spoiler alert. But Vienna was up like we were super impressed with Vienna. And then you're like, hey, I can't wait to come back here. So we, we were there. We stayed at the uh, the Hilton Vienna. Super, super nice hotel. Uh, the one with they, the word Plaza in it or the other one? The Plaza There's one. two, right? Yeah, there okay. is. There That's is where two. we stayed, too. Yeah, so we, did you guys do the the lounge? Um, I thought the lounge was nice. Yeah, it's yeah. So the lobby. I messaged them. I was diamond at the time, and then someone from the lounge, like a concierge or someone, messaged back, and she introduced herself to us when we came to the lounge. And then, yeah, I just remember it was really nice. The lounge was really nice, and then I also remember um, that's where, like, yeah, that that tram thing like ran right outside the hotel. So yeah, there was. I think we we didn't mess. Times. Yeah, so we didn't mess with the tram just because I I suck at like trains and maps and all that stuff. So I try to avoid yeah, it as much as possible. We had my son, so you know he's he's all about that life. So we had. To oh, nice. It. Yeah, I thought this was. Oh, Rome was your honeymoon. This was a different trip. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't know you had your your son's pretty young. I mean, what's going on? Do we hey. just uncrack a, some the secrets of yeah. Joe's life? Yes, yes. Family secrets <laughs> coming out here at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm so... letting it all loose. I'm letting it all they, loose. They all right, did have, um, let me. Uh, oh, I was going to say okay, go for the lounge, they had a five to seven happy hour, a couple different kinds of beer, all like most of the liquors you'd want, some wine and stuff. So that was nice. We ended up being back at the hotel like to warm up in between Christmas markets before we went to the main one uh, at night. We, we wanted to hit that one in the evening. So it was all lit up and cool. Uh, so we, we went down there. They had snacks and everything. And the breakfast was really good, too. My wife had a fish at breakfast and then some meat, of course being in Vienna, which was all really good. I had the eggs, which were some of the best lounge eggs I've ever had and uh bottled Coke, all the, all the good stuff there. So definitely uh, if you have Hilton points, I think it was around 50,000 again. So good redemption, good location in kind of the heart of everything. So can't beat it for people who don't know, like Christmas markets. I know that it's, you know, very festive holiday gets all lit up at night, but they're like, I guess my, what I, wondering is what do they sell is it just like a big flea market where there's like food and like holiday stuff to get and then and then and then if it's all that like how can there be multiple in the same city like how i don't even know how the economy sustains that it it is weird and i think the mugs really i think drive people to go check out all the ones to see because there will be some cool mugs there will be not cool mugs and then they'll even like in vienna they had just a regular circular mug but they also a lot of the cooler mugs, like one hat was a boot, one was shaped like a heart. Um, some were like clear, like frosted mug looking. So you have to get there a little bit early. Like I guess the they start end of November and go until a day or two before Christmas for the most part. And we were there, you know, like the 13th. So this was like two weeks in and a lot of the good mugs were gone or were on the last ditch effort. And you kind of have to go from booth to booth because there will be like three or four booths that sell uh, the wine. And some will have like 
multiple mugs to pick from and others will just have whatever's left over. So that's kind of the thing. And then in the market, they have a whole bunch of different food options, pretzels, of course, uh, different kinds of sausages. When we got to Frankfurt later in the trip, that had the most unique of the food. They had like fish and chips. They had potato pancakes, all this different stuff. But for the most part, it's like each market kind of has the same things. They sell holiday ornaments, scarves, sweaters, all kinds of stuff. And we were thinking it would be like all this handmade, homemade stuff, but it's really just crap they bought and then (laughs) filled up the market. (laughs) Like I bought a scarf and then a sticker on it says made in China. So I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's that authentic Austrian experience, Mark. (laughs) I mean, it was the same in Germany too. Like. I'm like, okay, there was some stuff that looked handmade, uh, but other stuff that wasn't. And a lot of it is like the backdrop. They're always like around cool settings. One was in front of a church. One was in front of like uh, their city hall. And sometimes there was in front of a college or stuff. So you get different backdrops and, you know, they'll just be randomly like on the side of the street that you're like, I don't know why this is here, but okay, let's have a drink, you know? So it's just kind of people mingle and they have their favorite ones, I guess. But everything was kind of the same. So it gets... You know, we probably did 12 or 13 markets throughout this trip across three different countries. We even hit one in Rome, which wasn't very Christmassy. Uh, For some reason, I'm kind of surprised Rome doesn't get into Christmas decorations all that much. Um, But it is somewhat similar over and over. So it gets a bit redundant, but it's cool to just check out. And the mugs kind of kept us going, I guess. All right. So tell me about this cheese. Okay, you wrote this cheese situation in the show notes. Like, was it at the market? Like, did you get swindled? Tell, Tell me what's going on with this cheese here. And was the yeah. cheese any good? It's the most important the, question. The cheese, so they have like uh, some of the markets had the these hard cheese wheels, like huge ones that they will cut off a chunk for you and you get to try them out and, and you can buy them. So my wife tries like the Italian cheese and and it's it's really good. So we're like, hey, can we have a, a thin slice of it? So they cut it uh, pretty thin for us. And then I'm trying the other cheeses. There's like a spicy cheddar one and all these different. There's a pistachio one and then. There's a truffle one. And I tried to truffle. I was like, wow, this truffle is even better than the Italian seasoning cheese. Can we get like one of these too? So we're like, yeah, thin slice, thinking he'll do it exactly the same as the first one he did, which was perfect, what we wanted. So he cuts it and then he shows it to my wife, shows like the top part of the cut, which is thin, and he's holding the bottom part. Well, he cut it really fat towards the bottom. Didn't really notice it or whatever. He weighs them, puts them in like uh, the plastic uh, airtight bags where they suck it out. And he goes, okay, that'll be 115 euro. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so how much, like, did you see, get to see, like, how much it weighed? Like, you know, how much yeah, it Yeah, put it on a scale. I didn't really pay attention. Per kilogram or whatever. I'm thinking it's going to be like 40 or $50. But the fat park, uh, or the uh, truffle one that he cut thick at the bottom was $80 of it. And then 35 for the Italian. So if you would have cut them both thin, it probably would have been like $70, $60, which was more in line with what I was thinking. He did throw like an extra chunk we saw with the uh, truffle stuff. So he gave us a little bit extra from like another cut he had that left over. So we're like, whatever. My wife's like, I should have asked how much. And I'm like, whatever. We're just, hey, it's vacation. It doesn't matter. Hey, you only turned 40 once. Yes, true. And uh, so I'm texting my family and I'm like, hey, hey, mother you better have some really nice crackers because I got $120 worth of cheese coming (laughs) up. So we hype it all up. And I'm like, you know what's going to happen is we're going to take this all around Europe. Like we have a couple more cities to go and you're going to you're going to forget it in the last place. And because we, we're putting it like in the fridge to keep it a little fresh by the ATM, by the ATM. Yeah, 
It's, it's on top of hard. on top of the ATM machine. <laughs> so each morning I wake up and I'm like, "You got the cheese? Yes, I got the cheese. Yeah, okay. So we're moving. We're switching every day. We're moving somewhere else. We're putting it in the fridge, keeping it a little bit fresh. Um, even though it's hard cheese, it probably would have been okay. But it was they were starting to feel a little squishy. So we put it in the fridge, pull it out, take it to the next place. You know, we get to the and I'm skipping ahead a little bit because I know we're going to run out of time here. But uh, we get to the Munich airport, checking in. It was the uh, an early flight. We're up at six a.m. Checking in. And she looks at me and says, I forgot the cheese. And I look at her. I'm like, oh, she's trolling. Hey, I'm trolling. You know, right? I'm because she did. She that's, made a joke about her bag earlier. And I'm like, that's the first thing right, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. And she's like, no, I really forgot. I was like, are you f- serious? No, you did not leave one hundred and twenty dollars in cheese or <laughs> in the hotel. People bought crackers for this. All right. People at so home like, no, I gotta are text waiting everybody. with crackers. And hope they can now their I just got to get cabbage cheese from Vermont, which is fine. It's great, but it's not It's not this it's cheese. Not, it's not truffle cheese. What the hell? I'm like, at least I wouldn't like to eat it. So we call the air, we call the uh, hotel, and we're like, hey, we left, <laughs> we left some cheese in the fridge. Is there any way you can oh mail it to gosh. us? Like, we'll even pay for it. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll have the, the housekeeping. You know, let me know when they have it. We'll call you back. They never called back. They had the best christmas party ever the maids just threw a little wine and cheese party after work with 120 dollars in cheese that's like the uh you know the housekeeping crew at the uh hired place in portland who probably auctioned off or uh you know sold my wife's uh, engagement ring <laughs> if you remember i left that there <laughs> yeah. oh, oh that would have hurt way more that was, than that was, that, was, that was a little more than 120 dollars <laughs> but uh I hope so. Cuba's Sacronians you know, are even expensive. No, just kidding. Um, lessons learned. Lessons learned. Yeah. So, so getting back on. All right. Track. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Let's 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 get to you know you went to Salzburg and uh, you already said that the next city is your favorite city and I yeah. know it was Salzburg. We really love Salzburg. I will throw in a plug. This is not a Joe Chung type of thing to do, but my wife made me go on this Sound of Music tour. Obviously, we were there in the summer, so I know everybody you, kept saying that, and I was like, I'm not doing that. We, we went on a Sound of Music biking tour. So it was like biking through Salzburg and going through different knives. <laughs> so it was, uh, I know, I was I was dragged along, but I, I ended up enjoying it. And it was pretty funny. It's pretty corny. I mean, if you are any kind of Sound of Music fan, you definitely should do something like that. But that's my uh, Salzburg experience. I mean, we had a good time there. We were there for a couple of days. This is that same trip when I, I was with, uh, we only had two kids at the time. But yes, why did you like Salzburg so much, Mark? Yeah, we we took a train ride to there, and I said I hate trains. I hate you know train stations. I find them confusing somewhat a lot of the times. But uh, I will say Vienna's, well Austria's train stations as a whole are immaculate and they're very easy to understand. They set them up perfectly. It's like a little mall at the one in Vienna, and uh, the one in Salzburg was very nice too and easy to navigate. So it's like a two two and a half hour train ride, smooth, really easy. They sell beer out of the vending machine. I was sold. I'm good to go. So we get there, uh, check in. We did just a random. Chilled? Was it like nice and cold? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They had bottles Excellent. of little bottles of wine and everything in the, the vending machines on the train. So we had a we had a good old time on the train ride. And then I just booked a, through the Capital One travel portal to try to burn up some of that uh, a random local hotel. Hyperion, I think it's called. And we check in and they're like, uh, yeah, so we have a problem. Our room keys don't work. Like our key maker thing doesn't work. So we have to have somebody take you up to your room and let you in each time. Concierge service. 
Yeah. So you had to walk in. So we get back like at the end of the night and uh, we walk into the bar and I was like, hey, are you guys still serving? Because there's people sitting there, but he was like blowing out candles. He's like, no, we're all done. And we had brought in like street sausage with us that we we're eating. You know, it had, it had been a day. And um, the guy was like on a phone. Another guy's on a phone. He's like, you know, this is a hotel bar. I was like, yeah, we're staying in this hotel. Now, can somebody let me up in my room? <laughs> you, just, you said it like that. <laughs> Because he was such a he was a rude jerk, so I was like, "Yeah, now can you get me in my room, please?" Like, what the hell? But anyway, so we uh, go around Salzburg, and I will say the Christmas market in Salzburg was our favorite. It's right in like the city center, all lit up, really cool, and it goes through two sections, and it's around like a castle type thing. And there is like an actual castle on the top of Salzburg over on a a bluff overlooking. Yeah, we went to that. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, so we we ended up doing that the next morning. It took the funcular up which is a cool word to say. It's like a tram up a hill, essentially. And uh, that, the views from up there, man. And you were there during the summer. I want to go back because they have like... Uh, it was really rest- nice. Restaurants up there that ha- you can get beer and stuff at. But And then the you winter, can like not- walk along the, like up high, like on the higher hill and then just yep. like, look down the whole way. It's really nice, yeah. Yeah, in the winter, it was beautiful. Mountains in the background. It felt very Alaska, but I even liked it a little bit better than Alaska. And the town... Old Town is so cute. Lots of restaurants, lots of little shops, still high-end shops like Vienna. Uh, but there's more varied shops, uh, local shops and stuff like that. And then a cool little bar scene. We watched the World Cup there, went to an Irish bar, which randomly had like all these like U.S. college uh, sports flags on the wall. Like people would bring in like T-shirts and stuff and staple them to the wall. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It was called Murphy's Law. Uh, so I don't know if that's global like an sport, college football, global sport. <laughs> yeah, it was like Texas Southern University or like in like all these like Portland, oh, go real random Portland random University, ones. like super random Rutgers, yeah. <laughs> super random. No, Rutgers the worst not, teams not, <laughs> would not be displayed on the wall. So I think it's like an expat bar or something. The the bartender happened to be American. One of the two bartenders was American, which I thought was interesting. But had a really fun time. The next morning we got up and did the the castle tour, walked around town and. There's this really pretty cemetery right next to like the cliff and there's uh, like there's windows built into the cliff. And like you could tell back in the day, people used to live in the side of the, the hill or maybe this came down as a way to leave the castle. I don't know, but just such a cool little town. My favorite place probably in Europe at this point. Like, I mean, I wouldn't spend a whole week there, but even the promo videos for the summer looked really cool. Like they have lakes and hiking and all you know mountains and greenery everywhere it just looks like no matter what time of year and i would yeah sound of music mark yeah like i mean i, I don't i've never watched i know i don't mean the movie but i just mean like the the images and the vistas from the sound of music like, yes they really sell salzburg really well yeah Even and if it, it, was, it probably wasn't filmed there but you know i'm i uh definitely would want to go back in the fall like changing of colors the leaves and everything with all the trees they have there it would probably be just fantastic but uh, i want to go back for sure and um what else was i gonna say also i lied it was filmed there of course that's that's why you go visit all the places i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> while you while you continue to think why would they have a tour if it wasn't filmed there they have a tour of places that they built a studio set around that they uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no but no it's like, like at the night actual... the, rip, the river's all lit up and everything it's just a beautiful little town and it felt very it felt like what we expected the christmas markets to be like more local unique uh, just felt more authentic and it felt like a little, you know, like a little village you think of an, even though it's not in Germany, like a little German village that we were kind of expecting throughout all this stuff. So picturesque, 
you know, I can't say enough. And my friend Aaron told me originally we we're just going to go stay in Vienna an extra night. She's like, oh, I'm going to Salzburg. It's my favorite. And I saw that uh, we could take a train from there to, from Vienna to Salzburg and then Salzburg to Munich. And if I could fly out of Munich instead of Frankfurt, that would work. So we, we figured all that out. Like originally I was going to book just a flight uh, nonstop home from Munich to Detroit, but or from uh, Frankfurt to Detroit. But we added this in because of her recommendation. And I can't think of her enough. And we ended up getting a late checkout and spending the the day there. So by the time we got to, to Munich, it was like 5 p.m. and freezing rain. And, uh, you know, Germany wasn't the great. This is when it started to go downhill, Joe. Yeah. So you didn't like Munich. I like so we flew into Munich. Uh, by the way, you wrote it as Munich like eunuch on the notes that you sent me. So that's pretty funny considering you didn't like it. But uh, anyway, <laughs> We, we went to we went to Munich, but we only flew into Munich, and then we went to uh, Partenkirchen and the German Alps, and we just hung out in that area. So we never spent a lot. Like all I did was drive through Munich. So I'm curious. We did one layover there once at one point in our lives, like for eight hours, and we just checked out a market or something like that. But yeah, why? Aside from the weather, did you not really like Munich? Before we uh, close things out with a true uh, terrible travel story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say like, it didn't get a fair shake because we were only, you know, we, we took the train into Munich and the Munich, the Munich, uh, train depot felt like a third world country a bit. And I don't know what's going on there. Like if they're doing some construction, but, uh, I figure I'm like, Hey, it's, we were staying at the Andaz, which is outside of the main city center and towards the airport. So I'm like, I don't want to go out there and then come back and then go back out. So I looked up and found that they had lockers for rent and a tip for this is, they have different size lockers and they're each for different time periods. So like they have a huge locker for $3 for three Euro that will last for six hours. So that's what we did. We fit all our four, four uh, pieces of luggage in there. So we did that, but like half of the places weren't lit up at all. It was like dark and cavernous pigeons flying in all over the place. And like, it just was like a sad, depressing thing. Like it looked like it was half finished. I don't know what was going on, but so that's the first impression. We walked to the Christmas markets. It's freezing rain. And uh, we went to Hofbrauhaus, House, which was really cool inside and big. But I feel like Munich is best warm weather. Like they have a lot of outdoor, you know, drinking things, beer gardens, right. stuff yeah. like that. Like in the winter, it just was kind of miserable. It was, it was the busiest place we went. Uh, people everywhere, which was fine, but it was just so cold. And a lot of the charm, I think, is lost at night. We didn't get to see the glockenspiel like that happens at. Uh, noon so we didn't get to see that happen uh but that area was really pretty in front of uh, the christmas market they're singing carols from like the second floor outdoor of that that space but yeah i i would say initial thoughts were i didn't love it uh but i would like to go back when it's warmer and i do think that everything yeah, else fest like, or in the summer yeah or something i like think that, that would yeah. be a lot better um something like that and it just felt like that maybe has more of a, a night night vibe where everybody everywhere else like 9 10 p.m rome vienna salzburg everything around 9 p.m just people like kind of left the bar area and it wasn't much of a night scene so i feel like munich probably has more of that which i would have enjoyed but you know we had to we went out to the andas we were supposed to fly out early in the morning so we only spent like three four hours downtown and then then headed out there which andas beautiful super high-end really nice we got like a huge suite um so I can't say enough about how nice the hotel was. It's surrounded by all these high-end restaurants. Not a lot going on. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. 20-minute Uber outside of town. 
And so if I wasn't staying there to go to the airport, which is in between town and the airport, I wouldn't suggest it because it's really kind of a pain and it's out in the middle of nothing. So pre-flight, great hotel. Otherwise, eh, I'd skip it. Well, you could have stayed there longer. That's true. We could have gone gone back and got the cheese. That's what I said. (laughs) When all this went down, (laughs) I was like, should we go get the cheese? Yeah. So tell us what happened. I know your flight uh, got majorly delayed. I So my kids have been sick or, or two of my kids and then eventually my wife were sick last week, late last week as your trip was ending, Mark. And so I just remember one day at 4 a.m., one morning at 4 a.m., I had a kid who was crying or coughing or I don't even know what. And I got up to take care of them, took care of them for like 10, 15 minutes, of course, it's 2022, so I check my phone and I just see a litany of messages from Mark at the airport about like, and I I just see it's like delay after delay after delay, and then I I was like I'm going to bed, and I hope by the time I wake up that Mark has gotten on his flight. So yeah, what yeah. happened? Yeah, so we're flying uh, Lufthansa back uh, Munich to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to Detroit. We I booked uh, business class. They don't have the first class on that uh, flight anymore. So booked business class, which is a two 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 across, which isn't great. It's it's pretty tight, but um, I like that it flew right into Detroit. So we did that. Get to the airport, and you know, as soon as we walk in at like six thirty seven in the morning, there's a line at customer service like two hundred people deep because I guess they can't. It's not printing tickets or something because they have like a, a kiosk check in, and you check your own bags. So I'm like, all right, this isn't great. But we find the business check in, which was fine. They helped us. We checked our bags, get our tickets, get through security. Fine. Security is pretty easy. And then, uh, you know, getting ready to get on the plane and it gets delayed a little bit. And we only had like an hour connection, which wasn't the best, but figuring, Hey, it's only an hour flight. We should be okay. It's early in the morning. Should be okay. And that was the only option they gave us anyway. So, you know, we we're staying there and it's another scrum at the check-in, like they're boarding zone one and two, which is like business class. And there's all 200 people are standing up by the gate and everybody's pushing. I'm like, I can't even get through this. So anyways, we get on the plane, everybody sits down. We're like 30, 45 minutes late, but we should still be able to make it. They'll probably make up some time in the air. Everybody finally gets seated. And then all of a sudden they make an announcement first in German. And everybody starts groaning and mumbling and getting up and grabbing their stuff that we can't hear the English announcement. I feel I hear uh, mechanical, but I don't know. So we all get off the plane and then there's nobody at the gate. Nobody there to tell you what's going on. Like they just, it was abandoned gate. So we get off and everybody's like, what the hell do we do? So we go look for the service desk. Of course, there's another three hour line at the one through security too. It go, wraps like half the terminal. And I'm like, all right, well, go get in that. I'll go to the business lounge and see if they can help. Nobody at the business lounge has the ability to do anything. Rebook you can't even tell you what's going on. So they're pretty much worthless. There's no That's weird bu- because yeah, it's weird because like you'd think like, most of the time the lounge can help with stuff like that. And that's part of the reason why that's why people pay to go in the lounge. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, sorry. And then the customer service desk area doesn't have like a business first class line either. It's just all, everybody's crammed in one line. So I walk around trying to figure this out. And after 30, like I told her to just get in line. So I go back to her and as, and I even go back to like the gate, there's still nobody there. I go try to talk to somebody at another gate, but it's a scrum of people around that one. We're seeing canceled flights all on the board. And we're just standing in line like, all right, well, this is screwed. Maybe we should get on a train and just get to Frankfurt and figure it out, you know, tomorrow sometime. 
and uh we're in line all of a sudden they announce like our flight number and they're like yes come back to the gate the plane is ready you can get on man that's so if we weren't listening like, we didn't hear that yeah yeah there was no other type of you know, like email nothing i don't know so we hear it the plane's like half empty of course because either some people were like you know what screw this i'll go on the train to frankfurt if that was their only destination their final destination or didn't hear it so we get back on the guy says yeah we had a mechanical issue or a maintenance issue there was a dent on the cargo hold that we thought we're told originally couldn't fly after 30 minutes of going back and forth five people came and inspected it and said okay we can fly so we fly like two and a half hours late miss our flight and i know when we get to frankfurt we're just gonna have to deal with all this crap so i'm getting stressed you know we get to frankfurt and of course there's like another huge line from all these cancellations and people getting delayed luckily enough and i'm guessing this because we booked business they had already, when I turned on my phone, they had texted me that they rebooked us on a flight the next day, which was a huge time saver. Now, the problem was they technically they owed us a room and stuff, but I wasn't waiting in that line for it. And I had booked the flight with uh, Amex Business Platinum, but I had done two one ways. So I guess Amex rules are you have to book the round trip. So I screwed out of that, but we should get the EU 261. So I said, hey, we're delayed a day, but now we can afford the cheese. Oh, the irony, though. The irony. So we should hopefully get twelve hundred dollars, um, since they admitted it was a, a maintenance or. A you can import issue. the cheese, man. Did you take a picture of the cheese at least? I did. I have a couple pictures of the cheese. You know, and do they have peace cheese? Do they, I don't know. Do they say what it was? Uh, no, it was just like the plastic wrap that you get when they, you know, uh, air seal them or whatever. Wow. But it looks you beautiful. No, I mean I know you're like, I know you're probably like bitter, but. I really want that these cheese, situations, Joe. Yeah, in the, I know. But in these situations, I'm like, I hope that they ate it at least and didn't throw yeah. it Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, because it's the best just tip be ever. Like, uh, yeah. I hope they don't throw it so, away, man. It'd be so sad if they threw it away. But yeah. So we ended up uh, extra night in Frankfurt. I booked uh, the Hyatt place right by the airport. It was 5,000 points. I said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about trying to claim any of this. Uh, I'll just get the 1,200 bucks and call it a day. So 5,000 points. It was one train stop away from the airport. So quick and easy, like a dollar, like one euro, one fifty, something like that. Uh, got off, checked in. And then right there, it's right next to the train station. You walk out the door. It's right there. So we went back and jumped on the train, headed to, it's like a 20 minute ride downtown, paid like $10 for a 24 hour ticket. And then uh, went downtown, checked out those Christmas markets, which everybody hates on Frankfurt. It's not the best city. It's like a banker city, but uh, they had the best uh, options for food of all the Christmas markets. So it was actually, you know, kind of refreshing that it was a, like a, a bit unique in their Christmas markets in that aspect. Um, so we walked around that for a couple hours, went back, went to bed, got on the flight. Lufthansa was service was okay. Food was, you know, not as good as Polaris. I would say, which is saying something service was decent. The, the seat was tiny. It was comfortable. You could feel like the air moving. So it was like air. And I know we've talked about this before with seats, uh, and it kept like deflating and inflating, which was a little bit annoying. But overall, it was a more comfortable seat than Polaris, but it was much tighter because they had, you know, six across instead of just four seats. So it was a little bit squishy, uh, you know, and they had zero storage at all, which I found very annoying. But for the flight, it was it was fine. You can't really beat it uh, nonstop to Detroit, you know, from Europe. So at that price. So I'd do it again. But Lufthansa sucks. They're garbage. Bullshit. <laughs> Got one, one more bleep for one. you. 
All right. Well, Mark, you got to go, but thank you so much for sharing your trip. Happy birthday to Kirsten. I hope you enjoyed yeah, it go, if you're listening to this. I have to go get my crown uh, reattached that I lost on the train to Munich. You know, I was eating some of their famous gummies and, uh, you know, some candy and pulled my crown off. So that's why I said, started going downtown, downhill as soon as we left Salzburg, man. Should have just stayed. You should have just eaten cheese instead of candy. <laughs> yeah, we should I said when we bought the cheese, when we were getting the cheese, I was like, hey, we have a train ride tomorrow. We can eat the cheese, maybe get some crackers. And then he said, uh, 115 euro. And I was like, no, we're saving that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so did you confirm with him? I think I honestly thought that the cheese story was going to end with U.S. Customs making you throw it out when you got here. So no. did you like confirm that it was going to be okay? Uh, just, no, I didn't. Or you just, I, I, were just we were assuming just gonna, they wouldn't ask. Yeah, we were just going to check the bags, which that was another annoying thing with this is we checked the bags because we had some olive oil and stuff we were bringing back. And then we get to Frankfurt and I was like, hey, you know, can we get our bags? We're like, oh, no, it's going to be on tomorrow's flight. It'll just stay back there. So we didn't have any clothes or anything. We were washing our underwear in the sink. <laughs> in the sink. And like we're like we're poor backpackers or something and hanging up on the towel drying rack. It was all uh, right. On that note, I think it's uh, time to close <laughs> things out. So, Mark, I don't want I want you to get this crowd back on. So, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. You can email me at least for another couple. Oh, I might still keep the email because of uh, the Vegas show, but Mark at Miles If Sean, even ask Sean, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Sean might still keep it uh, so people can reach out, but uh. Uh, and then, on, of course, on the website, Miles of Memories, where we have 37.5 to 59.2 articles per week. How about you, Joe? It's going to be lower in a couple of weeks. Yeah, probably. Might. So, uh, yeah, you can find me at Azure Flies all over social media. If you are starting to plan family trips to Disney in the new year, you can email me, Joseph Chung, at Travel Nation even, with an He M. can even book you to Salzburg if you want. Dot net. I could book you to Salzburg, but... Um, yeah and thank you so much everyone for listening like I said Sean will be back next week we will have one last party with Mark recording over the holiday because anyway uh, so thank you everyone for listening and we will see you later there will be tears have shed a, there will be tears shed alright take care everyone bye bye